The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. My goodness, is that sunny? Sunny, thank you for the wonder in your face. (laughs) During one of our interviews, I surprised Rafi with a special guest. Oh my, look at that. This is Sunny. Hi, hi, Sunny. Hi. Hi, Sunny. And who else? My wife Val joined too. It's so wonderful to meet you. Oh, pleasure. Her entire life, she's been listening to you, Rafi. Oh, I believe you, Grad. (laughs) At this moment, through the screen, I see a version of Rafi that I haven't really seen up close before. I wish I could hold her. Oh, that would be the best. She's lovely. Look at look at how alert and awake she is. Wow. He transforms into Raffi, the children's entertainer, and he pulls out all the stops. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the sun in the sky. He sings, he talks in silly voices, he barks like a dog. Arf! He's in his element. And I can't help but think about how he never had kids of his own. It's everyone's personal choice, really, you know? In my case, my albums felt like my kids. <laughs> the amount of labor, the, the effort, you know, taking care of them as they, <laughs> as they came into the world. Even though Raffi didn't raise his own kids, in a way, he raised us. So many people associate him with their favorite childhood memories. 
But is that enough? You know, are you only just going to remember me for my six little ducks and apples and bananas and baby beluga? Or are you going to look at the rest of my life as well? Are you going to look at my second career, my child honoring work? What about my 30 years as a climate activist? Will you take a look at where all this music and, you know, advocacy, activism was coming from? What, what was it about? Will you see the coherence in it? The earth and child link. I'm Chris Garcia, and this is Finding Rafi, a 10-part series from iHeartRadio and Fatherly in partnership with Rococo Punch about the life, philosophy, and the work of Rafi, the man behind the music. For the last two years, Rafi, who's 73, has been riding out the pandemic at home on a small island off the coast of Vancouver with his dog, Luna. No concerts, not much socializing. If you're looking for Rafi, your best bet is Twitter. He's super active there, promoting his organization, the Rafi Foundation for Child Honoring, and expressing his thoughts on all sorts of things, climate change, vaccines, fascism, and the war on Ukraine. In a recent tweet, he called the war genocidal and referred to Vladimir Putin's actions as one man's evil epic harm in Russia and beyond. But he also live-tweets ice hockey games and shares pictures of the sunrise. And he's still making music, still writing songs with a message. Young people marching, striking for climate. Black lives matter, of course they matter. Black lives matter to me. In this time of turning, this time of yearning, feel the wave. Of democracy. For someone who has spent a lifetime connecting with people, I imagine the isolation has been especially hard. And it's given him ample time to think, especially about how he wants to be remembered. Here's my producer, Andrea, asking him about that. What do you hope your legacy is? I've been toying with the idea of asking my fans how they would celebrate my passing. It's not a question that one would lightly put to one's fans. If one day you hear on the news, oh, celebrated children's entertainer Rafi has passed away at the age of blah, blah, blah from whatever malady was, right? I imagine there would be a couple of days of outpourings of love from fans, you know how it is that you hear in media and so on. And then life goes on, as it should. It's just the way things are, right? And what I've been wondering is, and I hope that you can sense this isn't my ego speaking, what I'm wondering is, if tens of millions of people have my music living in their hearts and minds, in a profound way, you know, those people who say that my music was the soundtrack of their childhood, and that they're young, they're hearing it still every day from a very young age in their formative years. So my question is, might there be a way of a, it's an emotional question. Might there be a way of guiding or, or a way of conspiring together 
how my passing might be held in the hearts and minds of people so as to move them to make the bold choices towards planetary survival in the climate emergency age, towards sustainability and restoration of ecosystems and the ecosystems on which our lives depend on this beleaguered planet. Is there a way that my passing can serve a greater purpose than just saying some nice things to me, you know, uh, in public for a couple of days? That's kind of what I'm asking. Of course, I can't answer Rafi's question. I want to, but I can't. And what strikes me the most when hearing him contemplate his legacy is that this is a man looking back on a life, a full life, a meaningful life, and he still never stopped wondering, can I do more? It was almost 50 years ago when Rafi started making music for kids. And since then, generations of his fans have passed his music down to their children. Rafi calls them beluga grads, kind of like Jimmy Buffett and his parrot heads. I came across a variety of them. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, poet Leopoldine Kaur, filmmaker Sean K. Robb, and Chris Hayes of MSNBC. There's a specific genius required in adults who make stuff that kids love, and he has it clearly. You get older and then you have your own kids and lo and behold, you find that uh, Baby Beluga is still absolutely slaps, as the kids say. I could be like unconscious and be reciting, you know, Baby Beluga. <laughs> Mina Harris is a Beluga grad too. She's a lawyer, activist, children's book author, and founder of the fashion and entertainment company Phenomenal. Shake my sillies out, um, apples and bananas, Willoughby Wallaby Woo, um, down by the bay. Oh my God, we sing that in our house so much. And I think Rafi's adult fans, those who are sharing his music with their own children, like Chris and Mina, they have something in common, similar parenting values. It's really about, you know, respecting children, right? Respecting their big ideas, their, their feelings, and really understanding and appreciating that they're quite capable and insightful. Talk about your feelings. Talk about when you're sad. Don't bottle things up inside. Listen, be kind, reach out to people, enjoy wordplay and funny jokes and rhymes and be curious about the world. And all those values are like, to me, really enduring. The way I was raised and, and the way that we're definitely you know, trying to raise our own kids is that, you know, you don't baby them, right? We don't sugarcoat things. We never had a kitty table in my house, right? Like you sat at the dinner table and you were expected to, you know, yes, listen and learn. And if you had a contribution to make to do that and, you know, to have a well-supported argument and to, you know, be ready to have a, a conversation. Engaging, you know, kids in that, right? And not assuming that, you know, they can't understand or they can't make some sort of contribution. You know, I think his contribution as well is really about, you know, helping kids to sort of process and embrace this complicated world, but doing so with joy and, and positivity. Yeah. 
There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know, I've always loved Rafi's music growing up. Loved his albums, all of his songs, but Baby Beluga was extra special. I loved that song. Lindsay Monroe isn't just a Rafi fan. She's also a children's musician. I am kind. I'll be your friend, will you be mine? I can share a smile, I am kind. When they first met, Rafi encouraged Lindsay to write a song for kids like her children. Jack, Emma, and Mem, who all have autism. So I went home and I wrote I Am Kind, which is the title song to my first album. And I was so nervous to share it with him. I thought, oh my goodness, I don't know if this is any good. You know, he's such a children's music icon. But I sent him the song and he loved it. And from there, he just encouraged me to keep writing. I am brave. I do it though I feel afraid. After Raffi heard the song, he signed Lindsay to Troubadour. She's the only other artist on his label. I think that while I do write with neurodiverse kids and families in mind, I really do write for all children. 
I try to have a message, like a social story in my songs. Uh, for example, on my newest album, I have a song called Flexible and Easygoing. And while, you know, my neurodiverse family certainly needs that reminder to always be flexible in all situations and easygoing, I think that all children really could benefit from that reminder. So my music is for everyone, although I write with autistic children in mind. I feel myself getting upset And I remember not to fret Cause things can change Without me knowing But I can be flexible and easy going Yeah, I can be flexible and easy going Music really activates like both the left and right hemispheres of your brain and it's it's a good way to help really remember a lesson and really um, internalize it. So I think that in singing about these things, the melody sticks in your head and you uh, sing it to yourself throughout the day. And it's a great way to remember the, uh, the message that the song is carrying. Yeah, I can be flexible and easy going. Lindsay is clearly an extension of Rafi's musical tradition, and by signing her to Troubadour, producing her albums, and collaborating with her, it feels like Rafi is giving her his seal of approval. That Lindsay and other artists like her are what Rafi wants the future of children's music to be. But Rafi and Lindsay's style of music isn't at the forefront of the genre anymore. Children's music has blown up since Rafi came into the picture in the 70s, and that singer-songwriter vibe is up against the massive Disney machine, huge hit makers like Pinkfong, congratulations, you now have Baby Shark stuck in your head, and the behemoth known as Coco Melon, among so many others. Rafi continues to push for a more child-centric and non-commercial path in children's entertainment, and Lindsay is the perfect person to follow in Rafi's footsteps. But she just has her own nat natural songwriting style, which I love and love to support. I think she has an important voice in the niche of kindness and caring that now, hopefully, we can spread through this music because we sure need it in our society. Talking with his fans, learning about what they've gone on to do, who they've gone on to be, I can see Rafi's legacy in action. It may not lead to the elimination of fossil fuels or a world without conflict, but his life's work is evident in the day-to-day. -day, around the kitchen table, at sing-alongs, and at bedtime. It's a good start when your goal is to heal the world. Since last June, Rafi and I have been getting to know each other. I read his autobiography, I've listened to his music and watched his specials, and of course, we've had several video interviews where we've dug really deep. I don't know if you know this about me, but one of the things I'm known for, other than talking about my Cuban-American heritage and uh, about w growing up between two cultures, is that I performed as my father was dying. And um, my father had Alzheimer's for about 10 years, and and it was it was devastating. I performed hours after I found out that my dad only had a couple days left to live. And as a artist and creative person and a person who wears my heart on my sleeve, I had to go out and I had to perform. So when I was reading your book and I found out that you were 
you were touring um, when you learned that your parents were seriously ill. Like, what was what was that like for you? Well, I, you know, lived on the West Coast. They were in Toronto. And I had uh, concerts to do. I took my responsibility to my fans, of course, seriously. And I tried to do whatever I could while balancing flying to Toronto whenever possible to look in on both my father and my mother in their final weeks. I couldn't know that it was their final weeks, but I you know, knew I had to see them as often as I could. So I really took the time to do that. Raffi opens his autobiography with the death of his parents. He writes about his mother Lucy's diagnosis, inoperable abdominal cancer. In their final days, Lucy and Raffi's father, Ardo, were both hospitalized. Raffi visited them frequently, but he didn't make it home in time to say a final goodbye. Lucy and Ardo Kavukian died on Thursday, October 26, 1995, within 12 hours of each other. What did you learn about yourself after your parents died? It's too broad a question, I'm sorry. You're right, it is very, it's too broad of a question. There's so much to unpack. An event like that, well, what aspect of it am I going to speak to right in this moment? Like, I mean, sure, I, I remember a lot, but, like, what would you have me say? Your father passes, and you're you're suddenly a changed human being. Both my parents passed on the same day. That was the... That's what the stunning event was, was that I was suddenly without either parent, and that's... There's no preparation for that, so I did my best. I started writing my autobiography is what I did. I felt it was the end of an era. Well, you you dedicated your autobiography to them. Of course. And you spent a lot of your life trying to understand your childhood and your relationship with them. Did you feel closer to an understanding after they passed, after you were in the book, your understanding of... My understanding of both my parents and my life with them, you know, was something that grew and evolved over the decades. And after they passed, that process kept on happening, of course. You know, I understood better, perhaps why they tried so hard to keep the Armenian heritage alive in my life, you know? But principally, I was filled with a longing that came out of the love I had for them and the love that they had for me. I, I was clearly missing them terribly, and it's uh, unlike any other experience in life to lose one's parents. And I... Um, was glad to have an autobiography to write, actually, now that I think of it. That was a wonderful way of remembering them, remembering their stories. I wanted to pay respect to their life experience, 
even as I wrote about mine, because their life experience was formative for me, not only as a young child, but in my adolescence and adulthood. So hopefully I did some of that justice in the book. You write about reconnecting with your Armenian heritage um, and finding a box full of artwork and textbooks um, after your parents died. What Can you tell me what you found and what that was like? There were books of Armenian paintings, master painters. That, and I, a little note from my mother saying, to Rafi from, from Lucy with love and so on, you know, very touching. And it was very moving. These were the gifts, you know, that I inherited souvenirs from my parents' life are cherished part of my memories and they they are in my home now and they they nourish me. What happens after our parents die is that we change our relationship with them as we must because that relationship now is in our minds and hearts. So we bring meaning to the past relationship with them by the new reflections and contemplations of what it felt like to be their offspring and what we might have wanted in this way or that way that we didn't possibly get. We're making meaning of the past as we roll it into the future of a relationship that exists in our memory of who these people were. It's a beautiful process if you think about it. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Before my dad's death... The month of February was just a regular-ass month. Now, it's biblical. My dad was born on February 4th and died on February 5th, 75 years later. Then last year, the month became even more loaded because Sonny was born on February 6th. The lead up to her birth was already a roller coaster of emotions. And that day, February 6th, 2021, should have been the best day of my life. But it wasn't. Because that was the day I almost lost my wife. After Sunny was born, Val and I were overjoyed, crying happy tears. But then, Val started losing color and losing a lot of blood. And that beautiful moment turned terrifying. The staff at the birthing center had to call 911, and Val was rushed to the hospital. I wasn't sure if I would ever see her again. And I was left with our baby, a brand new little girl I didn't want to name just in case I had to name her Val. At that moment, I remembered a story my aunt told me on a trip to Cuba. I told the story to my producer, Andrea, during the anniversary week last month. When I went to Cuba and talked to my aunt, my dad's sister... She told me that my dad was born feet first and almost killed his mom. And because of that, his dad resented him the rest of his life. But my dad's dad was shitty to him because of the effect he had on his mom. And in that moment, knowing that that would be possible, I knew that I wouldn't do it to Sonny in case whatever happened. They don't really tell you how close death is to birth, but every time it it's like so precarious, you know? And it was the most frightening day of, and the saddest day. Like I would say it's, I'd never known a deep sadness and fear like that since my dad. 
But none of that came in the way of how I was, much I was going to love this little girl, you know, because I know my dad had a shitty childhood and I never knew why. But the way my aunt explained it, it seemed like it was, it stemmed from the first moment he walked into this earth and having a complicated birth with his mom. And I'm like, I don't care about that. I'm going to love her beyond this. It almost felt like I was going to love her for my dad. And of course for her. Birthday, baby. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Sunny. Happy birthday to you. This February 2022, we celebrated Sunny's first birthday. The year has been filled with sleepless nights and tremendous joys. And I got to see Sunny grow from this sweet, squishy little baby blob to a kid who's got personality and sass and the best smile in the world. Aside from face masks and changing diapers, few things in the last year have been a constant for me. But for the last nine months, I've also had Raffi. It's been both beautiful and strange to know that there's a man in Western Canada that I could talk to about music, childhood, parenting, and our pasts. A man beloved by generations of children, teachers, and parents. But I got to know not just the musician or the entertainer, I got to know Rafi Kavukian, the man with a complex history and a wholehearted love for the world around him. It's a version of Rafi he sometimes shares with the world, but that's often overshadowed by a song about a baby whale. When we were talking about legacy, I also asked him about how he wanted to be remembered as a person. Icon aside, as Rafi Kavukian, the Egyptian-born kid who made his first guitar out of a box and rubber bands and obsessed over his hair as a teenager, the son of Ardo and Lucy, brother to Onig and Ani. I want to be remembered as the playful person that I am. The lifelong learner, the curious child. I think a deeper question, which is, whose am I? Whose child am I? Yes, I'm the biological child of two parents, but I'm also the child of life's longing for itself, as Khalil Gibran said in his book, The Prophet. Gibran said, your children are not your own. They come through you, but they're not of you. I took that in and I asked the question, then of whom am I? And the answer isn't very difficult, really. It leads you to the mystery of existence, of creation. I'm a child of the universe. I'm a child of creation. Oh, okay. What a rich heritage. <laughs> really? <laughs> All right. How expansive, how, 
how beautiful and how connecting to all of life on this earth. You see? After nearly a year of reflection and introspection about Rafi and his work, this sentiment is what will stick with me the most from our time together. My child is not me. When Sunny came along, I could not wait to see what kind of person she'd grow into. Would she be left-handed and silly like me, or really tall and love ranch dressing like Val? When she figured out how to unlock my phone, I thought, wow, she's gonna be a cybersecurity expert. And when I saw her in a swimming pool for the first time, I thought she was destined for the Summer Olympics. And yeah, there was fear there too. Would my trauma become her trauma? But what Rafi's saying is that Sunny is already a whole person. She'll find her own path in this world, and it will be her own. And if we discount our kids as half-formed people, we miss including them where it matters the most. If we want to create a better, healthier world, we need to see our smallest, most vulnerable members of society as people. That's what respect is. It's not just manners or civility, it's acknowledgement of our true selves, of our needs and the needs of others, and of each other. Can we live holistically, not in silos? Can we live in communion with each other and not in division? Can we seek connectedness as our flag of belonging to something greater than ourselves? Can we enjoy these riches? Is this not what we're here for? All right, Sunny girl, are you ready to do this? Um. <laughs> okay, well, here we go. The more we get together, together, together The more we get together, the happier we'll be For your friends are my friends and my friends are yours The more we get together, the happier we'll be Finding Rafi is a production of iHeartRadio and Fatherly in partnership with Rococo Punch. It's produced by Catherine Fenelosa, Meredith Honig, and James Trout. Production assistance from Charlotte Livingston. Alex French is our story consultant. Our senior producer is Andrea Aswahe. Emily Foreman is our editor. Fact-checking by Andrea Lopez Cruzado. So many thanks to all the people who helped us make this project, including Bert Simpson, Linda Steele, Susan Johnston, Deanna Bain, Dana Eatma, and the team at the Raffi Foundation for Child Honoring. Stephen Kirkjian, Maggie Grossberg, Donna Freitkin, Andrew Berman, and the teams at the Bustle Digital Group and iHeartRadio. Your turn. I also want to personally thank my wife, Val, and my beautiful baby, Sunny, my mom and dad, Andres and Anna Garcia, Deb and Jeff Ames, Ryan Pettigrew at Night For Us Studios, and everybody at Rococo Punch and Fatherly. Rafi's music is courtesy of Troubadour Music. Special thanks to Kim Layton at Troubadour. And last, but certainly not least, 
Thank you, Rafi. The more we get together, together. Our executive producers are Jessica Alper and John Parati at Rococo Punch, Ty Trimble, Mike Rothman, and Jeff Eisenman at Fatherly, and me, Chris Garcia. Thank you for listening. The more we get together, the happier we'll be. What do you think? From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.